Starting a new business is an exciting journey, but it also comes with its fair share of risks. Business insurance safeguards your hard work by protecting your assets. Without it, a substantial liability claim could put your personal finances at risk. Liability insurance also gives you a competitive edge in the market. Visit Zensurance forward slash save 35 to get a free quote for the low cost insurance protection you need so you can focus on your growing business. Welcome to Canada's podcast. So Tyler, Brandon, welcome to Canada's podcast. And, you know, before we get too deep into the conversation, uh, why don't each of you tell us a little bit about yourselves, uh, what you do, you know, how you got here, um, you know, that, that kind of thing. So, Brandon, why don't we kick off with you? Uh, just, just sort of give us, give us your two or three minutes. Uh, who who you are and what you're doing and the passion that got you here, basically. Yeah, sounds great. I'll I'll try not to go too deep, just a little deep. But um, yeah, so I'm Brandon. I'm from Toronto originally. Actually, grew up in Ajax. Um, my path has always been an interest in healthcare. Um, I went to university and started in pre-med before taking my first philosophy class and then getting a little too interested in that. Um, so I did a degree in biology and philosophy and then a master's in public policy and, and global health to understand more of the macro factors. Um, I was away from Canada for nine years, uh, trying to really the motivating factors, trying to understand the world really. Um, and also just with my background, who I grew up with, um, always been interested in uh, injustice, you could say, and in trying to make the world more fair. Sounds a little corny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's always been. And yeah, healthcare was the area I wanted to make that difference. So I I bopped around. I, you know, like I mentioned, did the masters in in global health. I worked at a nanomedicine laboratory in New York. I was a market analyst. I went to work for a pharma company. At their headquarters in Denmark and Copenhagen to understand to understand that side of the picture, um, and I realized in three years working at that pharma company, which is pretty famous now because they make the drug Ozempic, which is kind of taking over the airwaves. I realized the future of I, I hope future of healthcare didn't rely in treating symptoms indefinitely, which is what we see um, happening quite across the board. And I got interested in, in the field of psychedelic medicine for that reason. And after nine years abroad, I moved back to Canada uh, to work for a company called Field Trip Health, which was one of the early psychedelic medicine companies. I joined there as employee number one, looking at really root cause holistic solutions for, for a variety of, of illnesses. Um, and after some time there, kind of always knew that I wanted to build my own vision. And you know, I moved out to create the product in the microdosing space called Houston. Um, and kind of, a, this is where it's, I guess, a classic entrepreneurial story of just leading with curiosity. I, while building Houston in the microdosing space, so which is microdosing small amounts of psychedelics, which has become quite popular, um, just doing user research, talking to people, you know, why they microdose in the past, what they were looking for. I kept hearing questions around people asking if they could microdose to come off their antidepressants. Um, and I heard it enough times and it was starting to make me scratch my head. Uh, you know, one, 
why are you seeking out a currently illicit substance to come off your medication? Um, to why wouldn't you go to your prescribing doctor about this? And three, can't you just stop antidepressants when you're feeling better? And I'd, I'd never been on an antidepressant myself. I had other, other methods of managing my mental health, luckily with, with soccer and, and philosophy and just ups and downs of life. But I started diving deeper into the research and, you know, came across other scientific co-founder Mark's work and realized like, oh, antidepressants are actually hard to get off of. They're not these benign multivitamins that we've been often led to believe. These are, these are proper drugs that form uh, physical dependency in the brain. And when I looked at, you know, the numbers of patients using antidepressants and the duration of use you know, in America, it's over 50 million people on antidepressants now that numbers risen with COVID. Um, I think it as early as 10 years ago, two out of three people on an antidepressant were on it for over two years, half were on it for over five, a quarter were on it for over 10. And the clinical studies that the FDA uses to approve the drugs are six weeks long. Right. So it's a, it's a very large mismatch and um, probably get into it in a bit, like what this yeah. looks like. But um, you know, that's when I, I reached out to Tyler, who I got to know while working at Field Trip. Um, and we had some complimentary expertise. And I kind of ran this idea by him one day over at, sitting at the park in Roncesvalles. And, um, you know, that's building it for the last about year and a half now. And uh, yeah. kind of ties into to Tyler's story. Tyler, what about you? Yeah, uh, quite a different, I guess, origin than, than Brandon, but not too far off. Uh, I grew up on the other side of Toronto in Burlington, Ontario. Um, and I now live in Toronto with my, my wife and daughter. But yeah, uh, for me, uh, you know, growing up and, and going to school, you know, healthcare was never really on my radar. Um, I actually wanted to become a chartered accountant since as early as I can remember, maybe the first grade. My dad was a, a chartered accountant and uh, I admired him quite a bit. So always wanted to follow in his footsteps, you know, ended up going to Wilfrid Laurier and getting my, uh, you know, my business degree and doing my accounting option and then ended up getting my, uh, my CA designation with KPMG, the same firm my dad worked at. So I, uh, I really nailed it when it came to uh, achieving that, that dream. But um, yeah, from there is where my my journey into you know the mental health industry really started. Is uh, you know a couple a couple years into my career at KPMG um, is when I first really started experiencing depression. Um, no surprise, looking back, you know, is working in this unfulfilling role that I had always dreamt of, but really never even considered whether it was for me as a person. Learned since then that definitely is not. I think it's actually the number one least recommended profession for my personality type. Um, uh, I need much more meaning in my life than, than just numbers. But um, so, yeah, I mean, two years into my career at, at KPMG, I was part of this, you know, that's where my, my, my antidepressant story actually started. Um, we call it the, uh, there's, there's quite a bit of you know, talk around this, this idea of medicating normal uh, in the antidepressant space. Um, and that's exactly what happened with me, right? I went into my doctor's office. I was working in an unfulfilling job, 75 hours a week. Had no time to eat well, diet. Uh, diet was terrible. Wasn't sleeping well. I don't even know if I knew what meditation was back then. 
um, you know, when you look at like these, these holistic, you know, wellness pillars that we try to teach with outro, I was, you know, a one across the board, if you're rating that on like a seven point scale. So yeah, I, I went to my doctor's office and, you know, an antidepressant prescription was recommended for me um, based on the fact that I had depression, you know, it seemed to run in my family. You know, it must be a chemical imbalance that I was dealing with at the time. Clearly not. So, you know, medication, not really first line of treatment in these very normal circumstances, but that's how it goes for so many of us. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it provided some short-term relief. It, it allowed me to kind of step back and, and, you know, quit that job at KPMG that I had been kind of gunning for for like 20 years. And uh, that's when I found my passion for the startup space. I took a job at uh, HelloFresh Canada, the meal kit company, uh, when we were just starting up here in Canada. So I think I was like the 15th employee there pretty early on mm -hmm. um, and loved it. You know, kind of fell in love with the startup space immediately. You know, the complete lack of structure, the chaos, the problem <laughs> solving, the, you know, just, just the act of building something. I just really, really fell in love with. Um, so I stayed there for about two and a half years. Um, and, you know, so at that point, so where my, my antidepressant story comes back in is I was about, I was on my medication for about three years at that time, about two years into my, my time at HelloFresh. And I just realized like I was, I was getting married around that time. And at the time I'm like, I don't really feel like I'm getting married to, you know, there's a woman of my dreams. and I really just don't feel anything. Like I didn't feel pleasure. Didn't feel pride. I felt depressed. I felt anxious. Um, and, and I've come to learn that's actually a very, very common thing for antidepressant users is, you know, after, you know, as, as the duration of use increases, you know, especially past this, you know, six to nine month recommended treatment, uh, duration, you know, the Canadian guidelines, the U S guidelines, they all suggest treatment of six to nine months. But as Brandon mentioned earlier, you know, most users are on these medications well past that. So yeah, I, uh, I realized in two and a half years, I was, you know, getting worse. And around that time is when I found uh, the job opportunity for a director of finance role at Field Trip Health, uh, where I met Brandon. So I joined them as the fifth employee. Really thought, you know, if I can submerge myself in this world of, of psychedelic medicine or alternative, you know, mental health treatment, you know, maybe I could figure out my own mental health and you know, why it continued to get worse when I was apparently taking medication that would make me feel better. Um, and so that's, that's kind of the the real origin of outro is, is being at field trip shortly after I joined, I, I made a, a new year's resolution to quit my antidepressants. I came off them, uh, over a series of weeks after being on them for over three years. And, uh, you know, over the course of the next few months, just had had terrible withdrawal. Um, you know, ended up being put back on medication. That's an, another thing that, that happens quite often is just a, you know, a, a mistake of, withdrawal for relapse. Uh, too many people you know, go to their doctor with symptoms of severe anxiety of depression that are caused by coming off these medications. And, and when really, you know, you've just come off them too quickly. And, and so I was put back on another medication, long story short, ended up coming off that medication, going through withdrawal again. Um, and, and it was at that time that I was actually finally made the connection that, you know, maybe this is, is deeper than this. Maybe this is just the fact that I'm still doing a, you know, a finance job that is completely unfulfilling and kind of meaningless to me. So I was coming off my medication and working with a career coach at the same time. 
when I uh, made the decision to kind of leave my finance career behind, quit my job at Field Trip without any plans. My daughter was uh, due to be born in a couple months. And uh, yeah, six weeks after I quit my job at Field Trip, this guy reached out to me with an idea to uh, build a business to help people get off of antidepressant medications without even knowing I had just struggled uh, with this process for you know the two years that we had known each other up until that point. And uh, that's when Outro was born. And I was, uh, you know, the entrepreneurship journey begins. Yeah, so there's a little, little bit of passion there in terms of lots of passion the, and the solution uh, that you're providing, which lots is, of uh, serendipity you know, as well. So, you know, you know, I yeah. mean, I don't like to, you know, we'd like to focus on you a little bit, but, you know, mental health is su- such a focus these days. You know, I think it, uh, with the COVID stuff, it, it really kind of ballooned, base, basically. Um, maybe you should sort of, you know, I was look at, looking at, at outro and some of the things you do, and and one of the things that that that, that I sort of came away from the site was the regulatory and the affordability and the things like that. Uh, the approach is really I mean, obviously cover that too, but I mean, where are you guys in terms of being a solution for? The, for the the world, or you know, for everyone, kind of thing. Yeah, I touched on that a little bit, mm-hmm. but um, you know, with the healthcare business, it's it's kind of like research in a way, right? Like you have to. It's it's a new methodology, hyperbolic tapering. It's based on very fundamental science that a co-founder Mark Horowitz developed, both through you know being a psychiatrist and a neuroscientist, but also his personal journey coming off the medications. Mm-hmm. Um, which he learned a lot of what he knows now in this evidence base, not from you know, colleagues at the world leading institution that he was at, but actually going on to these peer support forums that you know, over a hundred thousand people have flocked to and, and growing to try and find a solution for this. Right. Um, you know, and one of those people is very much pioneer in that space is the Dell Framer. Um, and so where we're at with Outro right now is, is we're taking Mark's work um, that he's been doing with, with uh, the NHS in England and nationally and trying to bring that over to Canada first and then expand mm-hmm. to the West, where the problem is obviously very large. Mm-hmm. And really with the, the point of technology, I suppose, is, is scaling solutions and making them more accessible. And so <clears throat> with Mark's work, what he's doing now we're collecting those data sets and we're implementing that care model in a telemedicine fashion so that we can start out by better understanding what does the tapering process look like for different types of patients, whether that's medication history, um, current medical situation, current life situation, demographics, et cetera. So we can build the protocols that are personalized to different individuals and then be able to do that at a scale that reaches as many people as possible, mm-hmm. give them that option of an evidence-based safe way to get off their medication instead of being trapped as people have been now, and then also enable care providers. Um, most of the, most antidepressants now are prescribed by primary care doctors or family doctors. We're obviously limited by time and, and resources. So how can we also you know, build out those tools to help them 
make better collaborative decisions with their patients that and the, at the end of the day are better for the individual patient and better for the healthcare system. Mm-hmm. So right now we're in that process of papering our first patients off in Ontario and British Columbia, um, using a nurse practitioner and, and developing those insights and those data sets so we can you know, scale responsibly with technology. Running a new business can be stressful. The last thing you need is to worry about unexpected accidents or lawsuits. Don't overlook the importance of liability insurance. It's a critical investment in the success of your business. Protect yourself, your assets, and your reputation by securing the liability coverage you need. Take the first step in safeguarding your business. Today, go to zensurance.com forward slash save35 for a free business insurance quote. Get the low-cost insurance protection you need from Canada's small business insurance experts. You know, it's, it's good, it's interesting stuff, but why don't we get back to the entrepreneurship thing, just some, some sort of things. You know, you, you're both in that mid, midlife range and, and you've experienced things. You know, what about your journey? Why, why do you, you know, you, I mean, Tyler, you explained a little bit about your, your side of things. So maybe we'll throw this one at Brandon. Um, why take the risk of, of, of entrepreneurship? I mean, why, why couldn't you go into something, you know, in policy, you know, you were, you know, a big farmer, government, et cetera, et cetera. Why, why step into this area? Pretty, it's a pretty funny question because <laughs> um, I think, uh, my biggest fear was being bored. Um, yeah, I, I, I struggled a lot um, in university and I used to be a soccer player. That was a lot of my life. Um, and I got a scholarship in the US and I went and played in England for a year and that took over a lot of my life. But it, similar to Tyler being an accountant, it wasn't you know, really me. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of my life was dictated by that. And you know, I, I took up all my time. Um, then I wanted to go into the, the business world, get more of my true, one, one might call it geeky side out. Um, and so I started in the business world and I guess I was working for companies for about five years. And I, I learned a lot. That's so the positive side of me is, you know, I learned a lot, but I, I, I really hated it. Um, I am a, a learner by trade. I guess you could say, and, and something I learned not too long ago is this idea of a explore and exploit phases of life, not exploit in a negative way, but the explore phase being in taking information and learning about the world, learning about yourself and different people have a different period of this explore phase. Um, and I had a good explore phase, many different industries, people, countries, etc. And when I came across psychedelics for the first time that was a light bulb that went in my head oh something really 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 interesting i'm very it like lit a lit a fire in my soul so to speak mm-hmm. and then you know i went to work for the psychedelic company i still wasn't feeling it wasn't feeling quite right because i couldn't bring to life a vision that i thought was important for the world 
So when I left and I took that risk, that was more important to me than security was being able to take a chance to bring a vision I have to life that I thought was really important to the world and could help people. And so when I came across um, this problem, antidepressant discontinuation and, and all the factors that go into it in terms of you know, the actual medical component, the idea of why is false evidence being implemented in the healthcare system, but real evidence isn't, right? That's the, the political aspect, the economic aspect. And then how do you leverage technology in the way it's meant to be used to provide the greatest amount of good to the greatest amount of people? And everything I've learned in that explore phase of my life really came together with outro and that next phase of life where it's the exploit phase, so to speak, that's just using what you've learned to now create something and start to externally, you know, bring that into the world. Um, and so that's essentially, I guess, was the, the personal path. Um, and yeah, just from a personality perspective, my, what I'm driven to do, um, is, is worth that risk, I suppose, at least right now in my current stage of life. Let's sort of move into lessons a little bit. Um, I'll just throw it at you, Tyler, you know, uh, what advice would you give to somebody, you know, that really sort of wants to start a business that sort of, you know, obviously maybe they're in the wrong spot like you were, maybe they're just whatever. What what have you learned that you that surprised you that you, that that maybe you can pa pass on? Yeah, I mean, I think the obvious starting point for me, given my personal experience, is just make like before you do it, make sure it's for the right reasons and that it's a fit with who you are. I think, I mean, you know, in in talking with you know therapists and people in the mental health industry, I do think a big reason for a lot of you know, mental health and, and, and stress concerns for for some, you know, business people or high performers is that lack of, you know, career and personality fit. So first, you know, make sure it's for the right reasons, because uh, it's obviously not a, an easy ride and, and things are going to get tough. Um, after that, I mean, the biggest thing I've been saying ever since I got into the the startup world is just, you know, like, you better be sure that you're you're okay with you know being very uncomfortable or being very comfortable sorry with being uncomfortable i think that's like the number one thing mm -hmm. in starting a business entrepreneurship and working in startups is you know you really need to be comfortable with the chaos um first and foremost it's not easy things change daily um you know there's there's a lot of hours that go into it nobody's really telling you how to do it. Um, so you need to be comfortable with that. And then, yeah, another thing that I've been you know, kind of working on or just aware of is yeah, nobody really knows what they're doing in most places, right? So there's that, um, you know, there's always that self-doubt when you're doing something like this. And I think one thing that I've really been focused on or just trying to, to draw from is like, most people in every profession don't really know what they're doing on a day-to-day -day basis. So, um, you know, we're all just doing what we think is right or doing what we were told to do or following this, following that, you know, don't get too caught up on, 
or too hard on yourself. If, if you don't know the answer, just, you know, you really need to just trust in yourself um, to do the right thing. And if you do make a mistake, it's not the end of the world. I think that's been another huge learning for me, especially coming from, I don't know, my upbringing and coming from, you know, a CPA background is like, you have this idea that everything needs to be so accurate um, and so perfect, but it never can be. So you really need to be able to let that go as well. That's, that's pretty good. I mean, that's, that's a good advice for anyone. I mean, what's the best piece of advice? This is sort of aimed at both of you. You know, that, that sort of gem that a mentor has thrown at you that you kind of carry around in your hip pocket and, and, and use it sometimes on a daily, sometimes less, but... What is is there something? There may not be something there, but is there something there that you carry around with you? Brandon, why don't you go for yeah, it? Go for it. Yeah, for me, there's a a lot of it comes from my soccer days. Actually, mm-hmm. um, I had a, a very pivotal coach for me growing up. Was a Russian coach, uh, Russian in Toronto named Alex, and I always got along with. Russians quite well. Russians and French. I enjoy speaking with them. They have some different ways of perceiving the world philosophically. And I remember there was one game and I played center back, center defense, and another player cut my shoelace uh, with their cleat by accident. And so my shoes slipped off and I didn't clear the ball far enough out of the box. And then they got the ball and they put it back in and they scored. And he was kind of berating me for not clearing the ball far enough. And I'm like, Alex, my, my shoe fell off. I couldn't plant my foot. And he's, you know, he said, he said, Brandon, you just need to do it. And that has always stuck with me. It's like, it can be easy to compare yourself to others or people who had advantages or things happen, you know, and there's all these, these reasons for things happening. But at the end of the day, you just got to find a way to do it, you know, and you can, as Tyler said, around the mistake uh, component, there's you got to create space for yourself to be like sad or upset about a mistake and you know, let that flow through you. And then, all right, let's let's go make the most out of this now and let's just just do it. I, got, I guess he kind of borrowed that from Nike, didn't he? Like, a little bit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tyler, what about you? I mean, one thing that I've realized or that I've kind of started trying to live by is is, as funny as it sounds is, it's kind of like taking our, our approach to coming off of medication Mm -hmm. at outro, but applying the same kind of theory to my life. I don't know. I've realized it's very accurate when you're talking about many things. I mean, just at a very high level, what we do is we take small steps at a rate that you can tolerate with you know, no real end, no real timeline, right? Like a lot of people come and they're like, how long is it going to take to get off my medication? It's like, we don't know, you know, we can give you a general estimate or guideline, but we don't know. And so I, I don't know, a few months ago, I'm like, this is actually really applicable to many journeys, right? Is, I mean, you take it one step at a time at a rate that you can tolerate. If you can't tolerate it, you know, if you start to have, symptoms you know in coming off medication it's withdrawal symptoms in life it could be depression anxiety stress you know slow things down create some space for yourself 
stabilize and then keep going mm -hmm. um, and you know not worrying too much about the end result or how long it takes to get there just taking it one step at a time based on you know your toleration and just trusting the process so okay yeah so, so that makes so, sense so, some good insights guys let's have a bit of fun before we call in the day you know uh each uh, tyler you you go first this time uh, are you a morning or a night person oh um i always was a morning person until i became a dad it's a little harder to do now um <laughs> with uh my daughter waking up at, at at seven and you know trying to spend time with her before the day gets started yeah. um but yeah i would say i'm mostly a morning person right but yeah lately i have become become more of a night person after after i get uh her down and off to bed and get back online what about, you? That, that's what about you brandon what about, where, where do you say definitely a night owl by trade yeah you know wikipedia was my happy place for a lot of my life Staying up before I'm reading stuff, but <laughs> another lesson in startups is finding balance. So I've been setting stricter bedtimes for myself just to, you know, find that balance. You get both time at the night, like Tyler said, when you don't have meetings and all that, but you also get some really good time in the morning as well. If you wake up early enough. Okay. Tyler, what book are you reading? Listening right to now? Oh. I have like three on the go that I just haven't been able to pick up in a while. It's been been really busy. Um, what have I been reading? I mean, the most recent book I've, I was reading was uh, Gabor Mate's new book, and I'm blanking on the title right now. Um, but uh, yeah, but other than that, it's what's that? Sorry, I'm about ADHD. No, oh my god, this is how often I'm reading. You can tell. Um, I think it's called the myth of it's the myth of normal. Oh, so um, yeah, really centered around uh, early childhood trauma and the myth of normal, and just you know, it's a very it's just very. I'm, I'm trying to read a lot of books that are quite you know in line with what we're doing at Outro. You know, trying to understand people's experiences, uh, you know, and why medication is such just a, a common response to those like really complex you know, parts of us that obviously can't be cured or, or treated with a pill. Brandon, what about you? More about what would you recommend that you've read <clears throat> that sort of had an impact, made you, made you change the way you kind of operate? Um, my favorite book of all time is Aldous Huxley's Perennial Philosophy. That's a little bit more of a philosophical read. Mm -hmm. look at various lessons and perspectives on life through a variety of religions that exist and have existed and how they're all saying kind of the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's pivotal. And Viktor Frankl, that's a very common podcast book. I'm going to be such a typical podcast guest, but Viktor Frankl's yeah, meaning is absolutely fantastic. And that's something we've been thinking a lot about as a team, um, you know, and learning to be better leaders is, how do we create this sense of why we're doing the things that we're doing? And, you know, that whole idea of the book being you can kind of go through anything or accomplish anything um, if you know why you're doing it. But I think he, he coined logotherapy. So that's a neat one. I highly recommend like 
50% of other podcast guests. While you're there, Brandon, if you had to uh, pick one word to describe who the heck you are, what would it be? Oh, wow. An adjective? Um, uh, corny. Uh, philosopher. Tyler, what about you? One word describing me, I'm curious. Good. That's curious. I like I like curious. That's that's not I don't get that one very, very no. Much. No. So what's keeping you guys up at night? Gardner Expressway. <laughs> no. <I'm just> <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like a nice um it's almost like white noise at this point. Yeah. Um what's keeping me up at I I'm really, really passionate about and interested in um, the impact of technology on our society. Um, yeah, the intentionality behind building it, um, how we can keep up with it, how we can make sure that it's a tool that we use rather than a tool that helps other companies, will not name any, use us. Mm. How that actually is a, a huge component of the quote-unquote mental health crisis that we're experiencing it relates a lot to our, our work in general how can we think of mental health um kind of systemically rather than chemically as we've been thinking about it for the past several decades and what about you keeping me up at night mm. um not from your kid that <laughs> It's super pretty good. I mean, I would honestly, I it's her, you know, her future and my family's future that keeps me up the most these days with, you know, all of the things going on in the world that we try to, uh, that I, I've always been pretty good at, uh, you know, looking away from or just not letting bother me. But ever since I had a daughter, it really uh, hits a lot differently. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I would say it's it's what you know the world. What world will she live in? Is probably the thing that keeps me up the most at night. And so, okay. you know, trying to do our part here to to make that a better place. That's 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 great, guys. It's been really good meeting you. I, I've enjoyed the session. We've, we've hit hit the time. And uh, how can people get a, a hold of you? Which happens on a fairly regular basis. So it's important that you know people listen to these things and then yeah. want to grab a hold of people. So yeah, well, it's, it's quite simple. Uh, www.outro.com is our our website URL, and uh, you, know, you can reach me at Brandon at outro.com and Tyler at outro.com. Want to keep it as simple as possible. Yeah, or just find us on LinkedIn as well. Okay, guys, thank you very much for coming on. It's been great meeting you. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a pretty exciting exciting time. I, 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 your space is, uh, is, is, the, is a good space. So that's, that's great. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks so much for having us.